What's up, Podcast Land? Bo and Jason are back for another round of Parked in Turn 1. No racing this past weekend, Bo. What have you been doing with yourself? You just kind of walk around and stare at the walls. and you know, I'll, ch- I'll ask Ange about five or six times this weekend, is there any racing on this weekend? No. Are you, you're sure, right? And No. So, What about you? What did well, you do this weekend? Uh, well, I... I took my son motocross riding. We well motocross. We went and rode some trails. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good time. It's the first time we've ever really done that. Um, the mud taught him some lessons early. Now where'd I you think guys I told go? You that. We went up to Carolina Adventure World, um, and they had a bunch of trails. It really, it's really not a bad riding area at all. I, I was really uh, satisfied with it. I was going to ask what you thought of it. So I, I think it's a little bit expensive. Um, but at the same time, it's a big area. I mean, we went on some. We we went riding for a while, and yeah. I thought the trails were pretty good. I mean, there were parts that had gotten chewed up and were muddy, and that. But that's it's off road. That's what's going to happen. So, um, I thought it went. I thought it was a pretty good place. Um, if I had a disappointment, it would have been in their their uh, their store, like with their parts and stuff, um, because coming from a place like Zero uh, Durham Town. You know, Durham Town has got everything you need. These folks didn't really have that. I've not ridden, but at Durham it was still Town, okay. Yeah. I, I never rode it. I've, I've not ridden at Durham Town yet. Um, I did ride at Carolina Adventure World once. Um, we had okay. free. We had two free passes um, when okay. we bought our dirt bikes from Rock Hill Power Sports. And um, so, what'd you think about it? Um, honestly, if I didn't have the passes, I probably wouldn't have gone. Um, you know, I thought it was a bit expensive for what it was, uh, especially when you have, you know, Henry, uh, you know, off highway trails, um, that were, that are five bucks to ride all day. And the trails are really well kept because if, if it rains, they won't, they won't open the trail they, you know, they'll, they'll keep them groomed really well. They're nice and dry. They, they don't get them rutted or chewed up in, in a lot of spots. Um, there's not nearly as many trails, unfortunately though. And um, yeah. they're, they're not nearly as challenging as some of those back trails are at Cal- Carolina Adventure World. Because I know Carolina Adventure World actually has a couple of hill climb sections too, which are yep. you know not yep. something. I ended up going down one of those on a dirt bike, and on and you know I'm pretty new on dirt, so it was it was a tad nerve wracking. But rear uh, brake, brother. Rear yeah, brake. it was it was a lot of fun. Um, regardless, I mean it's just a lot of fun being on the bike. But no, I can't say that I would uh, I would you know be chomping at the bit. Um, but you know. Uh, huge parking parking facility um yep. really massive complex so it, it, it is nice though i just do think it's yeah. a little bit pricey yeah i think it's a little pricey i i if for the money i think durham town's a little better but of course durham town's not as close to me durham town's three hours from me so right. you know uh you kind of take what you can get there and um i've never ridden to innery um but i wouldn't i wouldn't turn my nose up at it especially with my son you know he's a novice at it you know he um still new to it like i said that mud was teaching him some lessons early um but he got into a good group there i mean there was a probably 15 30 minute time period there where we really started moving you know i good, i was good. surprised and and i'll tell you something though i've never been more stressed out riding a motorcycle trying to stay on the right trail watch for my son watch don't hit that tree look back at my son look for the trail marker mm. it was it was a lot but um you know we had a good time he had a good time it wore him out uh, picking the bike up is still pretty tough for him he's not that big yet you know um, it's heavy and he got tired and his hands got tired and, 
but he he soldiered on uh and and we came home a little bit earlier than I wanted to but in the, in the end I think it was the right decision because I was beat up yeah, um yeah. you know I didn't I didn't fall at all but man just I forgot about riding dirt and how hard it is on you um but he enjoyed it and I enjoyed being out there with him so we'll do it again um but yeah that's what my that was my Saturday and then you know we came home cleaned the bikes up and um I had to order some parts for some levers and pedals that were bent on his bike, and I got those on today, so we're ready to go back out, go rip again. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad he's having fun. Yeah, man, that's what it's for all sure. About. Yeah. So I did discover, though, you know, um, that it, that he he really had never been in mud like that, and I discovered pretty quick that if you've never been in mud like that, you don't know that you can't turn or make a sudden movement because that clay mud is so slick. Um, and I was having to be very careful not to fall over, trying to get in, walk over there and help him. You know, it was yeah. crazy. So I, but uh, it, we only had one time where we held traffic up. So that's that was not pretty bad. good. Yeah. That's not bad. No. Watch the you know, weather I, forecast. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's part of it though. I mean, when you're riding on dirt, I don't particularly love riding in the mud because it is so unpredictable. Um, but it does teach you some bike control, right? Like yeah. if you get, not what you went through, but if, if you just get some, some <laughs> My, s- shallow puddle and some surface mud, I mean, yeah. that bike's going to move around. I had a lot of anger um, control in my lesson. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, I'm, I can... Oh, I, I would have loved to see that, Patty. I would have been helping the situation enormously. <laughs> Probably riding around a circle where you were like, Bo, this is what you're supposed to be doing, yeah, man. Bo, that's not the line. Yeah, that's a- <laughs> yeah, You missed the line there, bud. That's a, that's a terrible line. But I, I, I saw, you know, when we were out there, there was a ton of side-by-sides, man. They were yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Um, and it, they felt like gangs of them. Like there would be like twenty of them in a line, and my son and I would just sit there and watch them go by. So that's and they'd be what, uh, playing their music, and that's definitely so. one thing I noticed about about uh, about uh, Carolina Adventure World compared to Henry. Henry has a fifty-inch limit um, on the width of the vehicle. So, oh wow! Yeah, it, it's just some of the bigger four wheelers um, are the you know the largest that you're going to see. I do think that there are some of the smaller side by sides that'll still fit, like some of the Honda UTVs um, that can still kind of uh-huh. go off road. Um, but, but it's mainly just, you know, four wheelers and, uh, and, and dirt bikes, but the first That's couple cool. of trails around Henry are really, really beginner friendly. They're, they're a ton of fun. Um, even like an engine, I just did those. Honestly, the last time that we went, we stayed on those first two trails and just did them over and over and over and over. And I actually got to the point where it was the first time that I had ever actually jumped the bike was on the second trail. And I, I felt the, you know, the bike come off the ground completely and then land. And, um, so, I mean, you can get to the point where you can practice a few things over and over and over once you feel the, the track out or the, the that trail out and you know where it's going to go. Um, you know, you can, you can work on carrying a little bit more speed. My, my biggest focus that day was just kind of standing up to see if I could make it through the entire trail without sitting, sitting down on the bike, you know, cause you know, you both know the pains of, of sitting on a dirt bike. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean, it, it, I had to, I did a lot of sitting, you know, for me, I was riding, uh, probably, you know, really low percentage wise right, right. to what I could ride because I was trying to, you know, make sure I stayed with JJ and, right. um, and I sat a lot and I was like, oh, by the end of the day, I was like, man. And so I was standing up when we were riding on the service roads a couple of times. I just stand up and JJ's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, man, you'll, you'll understand when you're 46. You'll understand. Um, 
but I, I think, you know, for me, it was just a, it was kind of a bucket list thing, you know, get to ride with my son and, you know, we went out there, we enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, the first, well, the first trail, I didn't know where to go, of course. And so I was like looking at the map and I decided I picked a trail. Well, of course it's one of the steepest hills, right? <laughs> <at> the <laughs> gate. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten him into? Hey man, he took it like a champ. He went Good. down it and, uh, you know, and then we worked on some stuff while we were out there, like me signaling for him to use his rear brake. We're coming up to some muddy spots or some, you know, some mud holes or whatever to slow down and, yep. and pick a line and go through it. And, but, um, you know, we, we, we crashed a good bit and picked it up and kept going. So he's good, man. It was, we enjoyed it. We had a good time and that's awesome. You know, yeah, I, it was nice to be on the bike. You know, next weekend I'm riding at uh, CMP with, uh, oh, okay. TDW and, right. I didn't know you and I've okay. got, yeah, I got all three days there. I got an open day on Friday and then the weekend. So uh, I think that'll be my last foray of this year. Um, uh, you know, because uh, the one the next weekend, I was thinking about doing that one too, but it's uh, sold out. So um, I'm not going to do that one. But we'll see how the weather is and how much riding I actually do. Uh, because early in the morning, I will not be out there when it's 40 degrees. It's just, right, right. There's no need. What's the point? We're just burning up tire at that point, right? Yeah. So um that's no need so we'll see but i look forward to it well let's talk about what we've got coming up this weekend what do you say yeah that sounds good all right well first of all we know we're going to portugal right we're going back to the algarve circuit um this is a this circuit really is one of those that i it looks terrifying but i want to ride it does that make sense like it looks terrifying but I want to I want to ride this thing and see what that tur going into turn one feels like. I mean, this is a cool circuit with lots of elevation, lots of technical um, technical turns, and and you got to be on the right line. And I mean, it, it just it's just a tough track. Just honestly, I think that it's, physically it's a tough track. Yeah, I think that the, I guess just right off the cuff, looking at the track you know watching camera angles and how steep it is it almost looks like it's just road atlanta on steroids you know yeah just, that's a good way to describe it yeah um it, it, well i guess road atlanta smoother but on steroids <laughs> road atlanta with nice pavement got it yeah you know so yeah. <laughs> you know i think the thing that for someone that's never ridden road atlanta coming down into 10a the first time is that's a that's a different experience right like you yeah. <laughs> you're you're it's a pretty steep downhill you're coming after the fastest part of the track and i mean you're breaking hard 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 there and it the first time you do it it's a little bit unnerving it's actually one of my favorite turns i love that turn um now but i i i partial to it of course as i mentioned before i grew up there but you're right i think that's a good comparison for us because there isn't another track that you and i ride on a regular basis that has the elevation change that road Atlanta does. Right. And I, I don't think this track in Portugal, I think for me, it is, it's one of the very best tracks on the calendar simply because of what it offers the riders, what they have to na navigate. Um, I, I just think it's super cool and it makes for really interesting watching and viewing because you see them with their bikes out of shape or their front wheels in the air and they got to get it back down and brake hard. No, thank you. I know I can't do any of that. 
and I'm watching these guys ride it and just wring its neck for all it's worth. And I'm like, man, I would just be terrified. I'd be at quarter yeah. throttle right there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I mean, Aaron, you know, we saw Aaron Kinnett have that, that crash coming over the hill and then, you know, having crazy, to scramble right? to get out of the middle of the road. And um, That's right. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, but, you know, so we do have some interesting news this weekend, though. We know that Mark Marquez will not be running in this race after he hurt himself in a training incident. Uh that's Mark Marquez being Mark Marquez, I guess. You know, I, I think, um, unfortunately for Mark, and I've said this before, the crashes have to stop. The talent's there. There's no disputing it. But, man, you just cannot keep taking crashes, be it in training or practice or races. you got to stop crashing, man. Your body can only take so much. I, I, I hate that he's going to miss this because he had a chance to win three in a row. Yeah, and and I, to be honest with you, I made the comment to Ange after she read that to me about him missing this race. I actually told her I would be surprised to see Mark Marquez continuing past 2023 um, at the crash rate that he's had and if his success rate um, does not return to what it was before the Army. That's an interesting point. Um, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's that might be valid. Statement, though. You know, that, that's an extreme statement, I think. You know, 2023 no, I, might be cutting it a little bit, uh, cutting it a little too short. But I, I do think that it would be difficult for me to see a Marquez go past definitely well, 2025, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest. At right. some point, the body won't hold up, and you're going to get hurt in those crashes. You're going to miss time. Then you're going to come back, and you're older, you're fit, but you're going to get, you're going to do it again. You're going to crash, and you're going to get hurt again. It's the same thing with professional athletes at all levels. Right. Once you start getting hurt in the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, uh, even in the Premier League soccer, once injuries start to creep up on you, they don't stop. Like you just, you, you know. Well, and, like and, you've said it before. And, you know, Father Time is undefeated, and, and it, it kind of, right. you know, just that's to right. take take a, a quote almost from. Uh, you know, dazed and confused. You know, it, Mark's getting older, but these rookies that keep coming into the into the class, they're the same age. You know, they're all wow. young. They're all yeah, super McConaughey. Young. I they're, got they're, you. They're, they're they're young. They're strong. They're they're fast. They're you know they don't they they almost still have the no fear of the kid in them because they haven't had you know most of them haven't had those career threatening injuries yet. You right. know, um, so it, it's it's. And like you said, you know, you're gone for a while, you're recovering, you come back and you're strong, but look at what happened to Marquez. The level of the sport has been elevated in just 12 months where he's been out. So yeah. It, yeah. it's it's crazy. It, it really is crazy. I, 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 just, I, I just I just want him to stop crashing to, for his own safety. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure he, he didn't mean to crash. You know what I mean? Like, I know well, that. Well, he tried but. to win the – yeah. And, and, I mean, going back to the 2019 crash, he tried to win the win the championship in one race. Yeah. But, uh, he, you know. Yeah, he did. And and it, it's unfortunate. But, you know, and he doesn't know any other way. I mean, that's the thing about Mark. To your point, if if he can't dial that back at all and he keeps crashing, your, your, your prediction may come true because his body may not allow him. You can't – these bikes are getting too fast. You may, we made this point before. The bikes have advanced so far, but the human body has not. Right. Now, our conditioning levels, our training regimens, our vitamin supplements, our, our diets, all those things have gotten better, and we know more and more. But there's only so much that human body can take in terms of G-forces, in terms of impacts. Um, and then once it heals, it doesn't ever heal back exactly the same. Amen. And... 
<laughs> as you and I both know well. Amen. And and so, you know, for him, I just wish him the best, hope he recovers. But, you know, Stefan Brattle's going to step in. And, yeah. hey, listen, there was a lot of time where Stefan Brattle was the fastest Honda rider. So let's see what Brattle can do. He's a, he's a very, very competent rider um, and knows this bike well. I'm curious to see where Pole finishes as well because I think Pole does – better when he has the Marquez carrot to chase. Well, here's the thing. If pole finishes outside the top 10, we we know that that was a one-off, right? We right, just know right. if he if he can put it in the top I if he could be fifth or better, we think oh, pole's turned a corner. That's what I think. Is that fair? Uh yeah, we'll yeah, I'll give him that. Yeah. So you know, and the other thing to be watching this weekend, of course, we have two championships still up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Um, in Moto2 with Remy Gardner and Raul Fernandez. What do you got? I have to, you know that I'm a, you know that I'm a Remy Gardner fan, but you also know that Raul Fernandez scares the absolute bejesus out of me because of how consistent he is and just how big of a threat this guy is. Yeah, I, I think now... The first race in Portimao, well, I remember that he was battling with Joe Roberts, and they he made a he made a hard move on Joe, but it was a good it was a fair move, but it was a good move, and maybe he finished third in that race because uh, yeah. Joe yeah, Joe Remy finished Garner fourth. Got pushed back because Aaron Connect came in and and picked oh up there you go yeah so so Fernandez won the race Fernandez Connect and then Remy Gardner was in third yeah yes, that's right correct. so they finished one and three so I just. Re- fight because I thought is Roberts about to get on the podium I should have known better than that um (laughs) but (laughs) that's our American segment you're welcome um but I think you know for Remy if he can get on the podium that's a good finish and you know if he can beat Raul that's that's the that's the icing on the cake but he needs to be on the podium and keep a lot of pressure on Raul, right? Like if yeah. you if you have sixteen points, then you you a lot of pressure on the other guy. He's got to win the race. He has no choice, and you have to finish the race. Right. If it's, you finish the race, you're probably going to be world champion. So the the interesting thing that I found I find with this race or coming into this race was that remember last year was when Remy Gardner won this race um, on the one XOX team um, by right. about about one point six seconds. But Raul Fernandez also won in Moto three um, about almost six seconds ahead of the rest of the field, um, which we know is a, a huge margin when it comes to. Uh, yeah. Moto three, so you know both of these guys are really strong here. Um, I'm curious if the experience that Remy Gardner has with the bike is going to help him a bit. Um, but you know, Raúl Fernandez has already got a win here too, so he's already strong on here. It's beginning of the beginning of this year on the Moto two bike, so I think it's going to be a tough weekend for uh, all these guys. It's going to be a really exciting weekend for us, I think. I think the racing will be tough. I I, I agree with you. I think. I think there'll be some some nerves and there's a lot of pressure in there and and we're just gonna have to see who deals with it better. Who does the, um, in your eyes right now? You know where does the where's the momentum? Honestly, even though he crashed, I still I still feel it's with Raul because Remy yep. has not been able to take it to Raul at all. 
I think Remy's riding very cautiously right now. I think he's doing what he can to yeah. not make a mistake, and he's nervous about that limit and finding the limit. Um, of course, we think know about the Misato race, he was talked into a different tire. You know, he didn't go with the tire that he wanted to, so that could have right. been part of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you're right. I, I think Remy has just got to. I feel like he's just holding on though. He's riding that bull and trying yeah, to get to eight seconds, right? Like yeah. he's. He's trying to get there. And, and you know what? I, I have a hard time. He hasn't really choked. I mean, he had that bad race in America, but he, other than that, he hasn't put a foot wrong. And for a guy to have crashed once this year, that's part of racing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're usually going to crash once in a year. And uh, so for Remy, he's really run well. And, and he has run a championship caliber season. But... If he loses this to Raul Fernandez, it's only because Raul Fernandez is such a transcendent talent. I think so, yeah. I, I would agree with that. And, and and I think there are more world championships coming for young Fernandez. I, I think so, too, as well. I'm, I'm, I, I've told you, I've shared with you before, um, you know, my my thoughts on him. I think he's something special. Um, he's just he, – he's all business in the paddock, so he's – for someone to be that young and so poised, I, I think it's it's scary, and it's just indicative of just how how talented and mature he actually is. Yeah, really, he reminds me of myself as a young man, actually. But you know, I digress. That's all we got tonight, uh, folks. We are done. We're <laughs> gonna go ahead and call it a night with that one. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Raul Fernandez was faster than me on a motorcycle when he was five years old. That's that's purely the thing. Uh, that, there were, listen, and I saw on um, on a post, there was a kid with Evolve. He was out there on a, uh, a, a 250. Uh, um, I saw that, and it made me sick. I, put, I threw my phone. Yeah, running 143s, yeah. and I was like, okay, I can outrun that, but my goodness. You know I what can. I mean? Like, yeah, Well, you could. On your first lap, he's got nothing for you. Outlap, <laughs> I'm telling you, shots fired. Listen, that guy would come out there and be like, I'll follow you. And then about halfway through that lap, he would go, is this guy run Moto America? And then when he caught you into turn one, yeah, when I'm while you were the out there on off. the edge, yeah, yeah, he'd be like, oh, no, he doesn't. He's just going too fast. But I, I think I think uh, both Raul and Remy have this year shown us that they're ready for the next step. And I know Raul kind of wanted to stay, but really – I don't think he would have gotten any better. He would have just well, run away with it. Well, That's like what you I think. Said, he didn't have much to prove. You know, he came. No, he has nothing to prove. As soon as he was in this class, he spent the weekend in, in uh, Qatar and or the two straight weeks in Qatar. And after that, it, it he, it's like yeah. he learned everything that he needed to learn, and he decided just to go with it. You know, and run and run away with wow. it. And right, I, I mean, well, you can't say anything anything else about him. You know, it's no, just, yeah. So, uh, speaking of something to prove, there is a guy out there to me that's got to prove something to me this weekend. That's Darren Bender. I, my argument, Darren Bender shouldn't be in that seat. And I feel like I won the argument last week. You say you won the argument. Time will tell. And when you're wearing that, I don't know what jersey I've chosen for you. I, I it might have to be a pole jersey, or I might reach back in time and get you a hopper jersey. Oh maybe my! A, <laughs> uh. Maybe <laughs> no. Hang on. At least he's American. But mm. I think I think it would. It, 
I, I think if I could find a pole and hopper jersey, I would do that, like half and half. And I think I mentioned it last week. We just need to reach out and have our buddy at, at Moto Justin at Moto Graphics yeah. to uh, make a yeah. shirt for this bet. Well, listen, Envy Apparel says they're sponsoring Captain Novice this year. I told him, hey, listen, Captain Novice has got his podcast. He's kind of famous now. So they're sponsoring me this year. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know that. Congratulations. Oh, when I say sponsor, I mean I buy my stuff from them. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all that means. I, 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 nobody's going to sponsor a 46-year-old barely able to control a motorcycle rider. Um, so thinking about that, though, I was teasing about Darren Bender, but he does need a good ride. But Pedro Acosta and Dennis Fagia, there's a lot on the line this weekend. There really is. Um, I, I agree with that. So uh, it, it's going to be a pretty exciting weekend for these guys, I believe. Uh, I mean, Foggia, where did Foggia finish in the first race here? He, this is one of the races he crashed out, I think. Let me let me look. No, Foggy was second in earlier oh, this, this year. Oh, this wasn't the one. At Algarve, he was? Yes. Foggy was second. Okay. Pedro where did he won. crash? Was it the next race? It, uh, he, I'm not sure. He only, but he only got He's got five DNFs this year. Point, so. uh, he, he only lost first place by half of a tenth of a second. I think you might, I, you're right, because this is where I coined Fast Foggy, right? Like, this is when I was like, oh, Fast Foggy showed up. But, yeah, so... So he's going to be strong. As long but as this keep is his dad out of the pit, yeah. Right. Nope, that's right. But on that note, this is isn't this where we saw um this was when Pedro Costa was just on fire, right? Like he was he was doing it and he won this race. So he's strong here as well. Right, but he didn't win. This, like I said, th- he didn't win by much. He only won the race no, by half he, a tenth. He, and the next right. guy was half a you know, Andrea Mino, which was one of the rare finishes he's had this year, was in third, and he right. was a half second back off of him. Right. But uh, you know, I, I don't know. I think Foggy right now has a lot of confidence, has a lot of momentum coming into this championship or into this particular race, and uh, I mean. It, it's kind of like the same idea with Raul Fernandez. You know, he's got a he, he's got his confidence. He's got his momentum. He knows what he wants to do. He wants this championship. Um, so I, he's the only thing standing in his way right now. I think you know that's not to take anything anything away from Pedro Acosta, but Pedro Acosta hasn't yeah. really been in this situation yet as a you know as a Moto G, Moto Three rider. Yeah, I I think. I, Right. I, I, there's nothing to take away from Pedro, who's had a great year. He's struggled yeah. a little bit lately, right? We know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, this was this was when Pedro was. This is. I think this is the race that he said, "I'm going to go out and have fun for 28 laps, and then win the race, take home the trophy, or something." And he needs that mindset again. He needs to get out there because he started this race in 12th last time, and you he needs that mindset he needs to get out there he needs to qualify better than 12th and he needs to go out there and ride like he was riding at the beginning of the year he's got to find that form and if he finds that form he's going to be fine because he needs to really suffer for Fagia to have a shot at this right like that's just the way it is if Fagia takes five points here and five points at the next round 
know, he's he's not gonna he's not gonna win. So, you know, I, that he just needs to be he needs to be strong. Yeah. And if he can do that, he'll he'll do well. That's that's it. And I think he knows it, and we know it. And I what I really want to see is a, is is Pedro Costa get the gloves off and really go after it. I mean, he's got 21 points. He can basically lose 10 points in both rounds, and he's good. If he beats Fagia, he's probably almost... If he doesn't get more than 25 points up, he just has to finish the next race, basically. Right, right. So this is a huge race for Fagia, and he's going to have to win it. He can't do anything but win it, and he knows that. So we're going to see how he handles that, right? Like, that's the way it's going to go. And this is this is when we find out what these young fellas are made of. Now, speaking of young fellas, there are new rules coming into effect um, in stages starting next year, but really going into effect in 2023 about all these 18 years of age. Um there are some guys that have been signed for next year that will not be 18 years of age. What are they going to do with that, Bo? What do you think about these new rules that are coming in? Uh, you know, it goes back to the conversation that we had regarding um, uh, training and mental fortitude or mental development of these riders. Um, I think it's a uh, it's an attempt at a good step, um, but I really don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think it's terrible for these riders that have got their shot and they've been signed. They're, you know, they're riding this wave. They know what they're getting ready to do. They're gathering all these sponsorships together that they might not ha- they might not have currently now that that they need to get for those teams next year. Um, there's a lot of things that are in motion for these teams and these families and these riders, and now that's all been upended. Um, yep. So it, it's tough and, and it's it's difficult to say um you know what will they do you know and and how wide are these rules going to be um enforced i guess throughout the rest of the racing world you know how how what is this trickle down effect going to look like eventually well it's not just in the in the moto gp paddock or in the world superbike paddock what they're doing is they're keeping kids that aren't 18 off of grand prix tracks right that's the big thing and that was another thing that i saw they're going to try and keep them off of the 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 Grand Prix track Grand Prix tracks because the speeds are so high even on the small CC bikes um, because the tracks are big and they're made for the big bike and and so we'll see I I do applaud them for trying to do something I reserve judgment on what they're doing until we see it benefit the riders to your point about development mentally of the riders of course 18 year olds are a bit more developed than a 15 year old right I mean that's part of it. Um, but I would argue that even 18-year-olds don't always make the best decisions. I completely and even, agree with that. I wasn't saying and, that they're, they're – yeah. I wasn't saying that that was the the fix. I said it was an attempt oh, at no, no, no. fix. Oh, no, no, no. It's an attempt it's, at it. I, that's yeah. why I say I reserve judgment, right? Like, I think I think we have to. Yeah. Um, we Wait and see, and, and I hope that it works. I mean, we just saw in America this weekend – um, yesterday on Tuesday – not this weekend, but on Tuesday, a, a, a young NFL player – make a terrible decision and have a car accident and where he killed another person. Um, he killed the other person that was in the other car. And this is a 22-year-old man who now has millions of dollars and 
at 3.40 in the morning was driving 156 miles per hour on a residential road and hit another car at 127 miles per hour. And he was under the influence. So my point to all this is that young people don't make good decisions. It's really tough. Now, we don't see it a ton in the motorcycle world because a lot of these young people aren't making millions of dollars. We, I read an article about having to pay, the families are asked to pay 300,000 euros for a seat in Moto3. Right. So I remember seeing that. And so that's a much different scenario than someone getting millions of dollars to play football at a young age, 20, versus paying $300,000 just to get a chance. So obviously that's a little different. Um because I don't know what I would have been like at 22 with millions of dollars and celebrity status in Las Vegas. I probably would have made a mountain of poor decisions. So I think part of this is the decision-making we're seeing on track has had some real consequences, and some of them were dire. Loss of life this year, more than we've seen it in a long time in one year. And it's just it's unfortunate. But I, I applaud the FIM for attempting something. You know, not just throwing their hands in the air and saying, well, because I don't know what the answer is. And so I don't want to sit here and pretend that I had a better plan. And so the fact that we're trying to do something I like, but, you know, I do think it changes the face of racing. And you're going to see a lot of 18 to 20 year olds get rides in the next couple of years that otherwise they would have lost to a 15 year old. That's what I think. So I think that that a a possible another possible step to this could have been frozen bike development for a sp- specific number of years. That's possible. You, I agree you with know that. What I mean, because I, I think that it's a, you know, we've even seen just the the KTM wheel uh, wheel shield whatever solid wheel hub. You know, the that that wheel cover um you know introduced this year you know and it obviously doesn't make a massive difference but apparently there was enough of a difference to it that honda wanted to also have that part available to it you know or to them yeah um so so there's something going there's still bike development that goes on even at the lower level so i honestly think that this needs to be frozen Uh, you know like the bike development for this it needs to be frozen we need to stick with this for an x number of years um you know whatever the next iteration of moto 3 looks like i know it went from the you know 125 cc now into the 250 cc era i've seen proponents of people that want to say well we need to go to like a three or a 400 i I don't think that more power is not the answer no, I, I don't think probably, yeah. that. That to yeah. me, that's terrible. And and World Supersport, even on Ninja Four Hundreds, we saw that's what happened with the, this. The World Supersport Three Hundred class was the fact that Kawasaki came out with a Ninja Four Hundred, and it was a dominant machine, even after having to add weight to it, restricting any uh, RPM levels. I'm not sure if they had to do with that particular bike, but I do know they had to add weight this- to it. But yeah. everyone is on a Kawasaki. Even look at the Moto America paddock. Everyone well, in the junior class is on a Kawasaki, barring the, the you know the kid that won this year on the KTM. Right. Well, how come Kawasaki can't make a bike that fits into the class? Why are we making a four hundred for the Supersport? Yeah, and I think and why are we making a six three six? What is Kawasaki doing over there? Are they just I, messing I th- with people? I honestly think Kawasaki drives a lot of their development based on the street market. Um, I really do. That's fair. I, I honestly really, really do. And, 
it, you know, I hear all the term all the time is, well, is this a good beginner bike? Are these good beginner bikes? I hate that term. I hate the term beginner bike it, because so much of what happens is inside of our own head. It's between our ears is where the, the, the idea and the mentality of if you're a beginner rider, you need to ride the bike within your own limits, you know, within your brain space and that goes on for on track and off track as well you know and you increase that brain space by obtaining knowledge by obtaining training by practicing over and over by by continuing furthering your education with advanced rider courses with track days with things like that you know it's so much up to the rider that you can become a a you can go from a beginner rider to a, a very experienced and a very talented rider within you know span of a few months all, all based on the decisions that you make on the bike and how you further your education. And, and I know that takes a little bit out of context because we're talking specifically about racing here in this world, but even at the track day level, I, I mean, you and I have both seen guys that start in novice group and progress so quickly and yep. safely through yep. each class into the fact now that they are club racing and winning club championships and even moving close into the Moto America paddock. Yeah, yeah those guys are jerks. Right, um, I completely agree. No, I, mean, I don't like yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, no. I, I, you know, so I, but I made the statement the other day. I, I was like, you know, I, 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 a group is scary to me now. Like it is scary. I mean, these guys are super, super fast, and I don't care if somebody passes me, but it makes me go fast. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm going fast out there, and I'm and I'm very conscious of how fast I'm going. But at the same time, you know, I've always said that I'm happy to be on a motorcycle at 25 or 125. I'm having a good time. Well, at 25, the chances of me getting hurt are so much less than I went at 125. But that's what these classes do. And you're right. These guys, they advance and they go through it and they're just so good. And they get to a level and you're just like, how in the world did you get there? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, but we see 14 year olds even out where we were right and we just talked right, about right. one of them the guys out there running on a 250 running a 143 well that's in a lot of organizations that's pretty close if not a group time and on a 250 man more power to you sir however uh it begs the question when is too much? When is it too much? Like he's going faster and faster and faster. And we know that if you put him on a big bike faster and faster and faster and possibly hurt himself because of the decision-making component that we were talking about with young people. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I think it's really, really hard. Those waters. That's what I think. Yeah. I absolutely. think when young people, yeah. it's, it's so hard to navigate those waters, but as motorcyclists and as, as racers, there's mentality there is different than from you and I at the track day. It right. should be. It has to be. Because your your profession, your living, the way you're making a living depends on how fast you are around that track on a lap compared to everyone else. Um, but I think that even goes so, back into the training aspect too, though, because, you know, these riders don't just go out and go fast. You know, these riders have, that's true. have dedicated trainers. They have that education. They know where that limit is and they, they ride at that limit all the time. Yeah. And they do what but they can even if you're further, doing it right, you know? when you're on the limit, it's dangerous. No, it's I completely more agree. dangerous. Not, yeah. 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 I mean, you're, you're a hundred percent right. They have had people teaching them the correct way to, ride the motorcycle the correct way 
to get into a turn, the correct way to lean the bike, the correct yeah. way to get on the throttle out of the corner, the correct lines, all those things they have been taught and they do it. But when you're on the limit, you're still going to have split crashes. second decisions. Yeah. That's, things yeah. go wrong within a, within That's the right. blink of an eye. In the you, blink of an eye. You run so, over a tear off and you lose the front end. So, you know, yep. Or your, your fender comes off. And you go down like Toprak did on a crazy high-speed corner in Portimao, you know? And, and, and so, you know, I, I tip my hat to these guys. They're risking their lives every time they throw a leg over it, and it, it's crazy. It's, it's so much fun for us to watch, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm hopeful that these changes will lead to a whole lot, maybe completely shut down than deaths on motorcycle ra- in motorcycle racing in the world this next year. That's what I'm hopeful for. I, I'd, I'd like for to see that part of the sport go away um, because I, I hate it. I hate that. It's the only thing I hate about the sport is right. the guys losing their lives. No, 100%. But, um, but you know, I think it, it's just it's always been there. The sport is dangerous. But to your point, it's dangerous enough. We don't need to make it more dangerous. Let's try to make it more safe, figure that out, and see what we can do. Yep. And I I applaud the FIM for giving it a shot. I don't applaud them very often. We know that. But they gave it a shot, and it feels like these are pretty comprehensive changes. And I'm hopeful that that they will have some real positive effects on the racing. Um, but, I, you know... All that to say, we got si- not to sidebar because mm-hmm. we did sidebar. We were talking about, you know, um, Moto three and what's got to happen in that class. But, you know, this is this is this is where we find out what Pedro Acosta is made of. We'll see if he is champion. I mean, the I I kind of enjoyed watching how irritated he was after went after finishing third. I liked it because that means to me there's some fight in that kid. You know what I mean? And he might be, it may be a little bit misplaced or whatever, but he's young yeah. and there's some fight. And now I want to see some more fight because he needs to, he needs to show us what he's got because it's important because he's going to win this win or lose this world title based upon how he does on these next two races. No, absolutely. And, yep. and this, this one's important. Like he has got to be, right there he's got to finish this race and he's got to have a good race and um and i don't know i mean we'll just have to see what Fagia can pull off no i completely agree jason it's it's going to be exciting closing to the season in moto three and moto two i think yeah well i mean we've we've yacked about it enough and obviously um you know everybody knows that i won the argument last week but I'm I'm excited for this weekend. I'm I'm excited to see what happens in all the classes and the two championships. Obviously, we pay in special attention to. Is there who do you have winning in each class? Uh, I can't speak anything to MotoGP I, honestly. I mean, I think it's I'm not sure. It's kind of up in the air to me. I, I'm not sure who's going to push. Who's going to really go out there and give it give it the best they can. Just give they- me a pick, you sissy. Pecco Benyaya, 
I think I'm going to take Pecco for the for MotoGP. Okay. I'm Thank gonna, you. I'm going to stick with my boy Remy Gardner for uh, Moto2. Right. And okay. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say Faji is probably going to win this race. And okay. And I don't think you're going out on a limb. He's won like the last 12 races or something crazy. But yeah, I agree with you. Okay. So my pick for MotoGP, I'm going out of left field. I'm calling Fabio Quartararo. Okay. I'm going to say for Moto2, Raul Fernandez. And for Moto3, I say Pedro Acosta. You're only saying Pedro Acosta because you want to disagree with me. That's 100% true. But that's what I did. <laughs> so, All right. So next year when we're doing this, we're going to do bets on every week. And this is going to get worse and worse for you. But it's fine. Um, but I think, I think we about burned up our time, didn't we? Oh, we have more than burned up our time. So I'm going to be busy tomorrow morning. Well, get to it. Aha. Earn your money. <laughs> no, it's been fun. For you guys who don't know, it's been yeah, it's fun. been fun. For you guys who don't know, Bo does all of our, all of the editing, trimming, and uploading. He does it all. I'm just the talent, the pretty face, the melodious voice. Bo uh, is the man the, making it happen. The, I keep the train on the tracks, folks. That's, That's all right. That's right. That's right. And he does a great job. So, Bo, if I haven't told you before, thank you for your efforts. You've never told me that before. The, the world will hear it, though. I'm not cutting that. I can guarantee you. Okay. Absolutely don't cut it. <laughs> well, listen, guys, you got an apology with your uh, thank you, which is a pretty much a world burst from me. Uh, and, you know, out there in podcast land, you know, if you're headed to the track or to the trails this weekend, drive safe. We want you to keep that rubber side down, that shiny side up. Um, and let's enjoy some good racing this next weekend. I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice, with my man Bo, saying good night, everybody. Have a good one, guys.